it very quickly became a, we were banning the use of master bedroom, which is not at all what it did. This is Byron Lazine, Nicole White, and Matt Burris, who we'll introduce shortly on episode 128 of The Real Word. Matt, you are the chief communication officer of the Houston Association of Realtors. Of course, if you didn't see episode 127, you've got to go back, check that out, and then come back to this one. Matt, this is not a setup. And I appreciate, by the way, that you have chosen to talk about this topic on our show. I know you've been approached by dozens of news outlets. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, a lot. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. go with a lot. Yeah. So, so Matt, the floor is yours. I was quite critical uh, in, in my you know, thoughts, and I'm not going to speak for Nicole, but for me, I thought that the Houston Association of Realtors was headline grabbing with the change of taking master bedroom out of basically your listings and, and marketing for your members. Uh, I thought it was a headline grab. You reached out to both Nicole and myself and wanted to state what you guys are doing above and beyond what we saw in the Inman News headline. And then obviously that gained traction when John Legend uh, sent his tweet out. So Matt, the floor is yours. What are you guys doing above and beyond the master bedroom drama? So first I want to say what we did with Master Bedroom because there's it was a little bit of a game of telephone in that even the most recent story that was, was out of a London newspaper said we responded to John Legend saying he didn't like the term Master Bedroom and so we changed it after he called us out, which obviously wasn't the way it, it happened. So let me just go back to the beginning real fast um, and tell you what we did do and what we didn't do. So... Um, so first it was member driven as all of our decisions are. And so members came to us and said, you know, we're concerned about the term. This is probably the 10th year people have brought it to us. So this wasn't a new topic to be considered. Um, our MLS advisory group, again, 100%, you know, composed of realtors um, in our market um, who are out there working every day you know, decided that they wanted to change in the MLS. So the data input fields in Matrix, which is our MLS platform, when you go in to add a new listing, it says primary bedroom, primary bath, instead of master bedroom, master bath. Literally, that's all it did. It in no way banned using master bedroom. You can continue to use master bedroom in the you know, agent remarks in the property description, in your photo captions. You can use it when you're talking to people. You can use it in your flyers. You can use it in your emails. Doesn't matter. It literally was just those two data input fields in the MLS. That was the extent of it. And so it became this big, you know, I started getting phone calls from people saying, y'all are going to find us if we're walking through a house and we call it a master bedroom. And it's like, no, no, we aren't. Well, no, that's what I heard. And I was like, I promise you that's no, there's literally nothing you could do to get fined for this. Like the field has just been changed. It is what it is. So I wanted to clarify what it did and what it didn't do because it very quickly became a, we were banning the use of master bedroom, which is not at all what it did. 
even so, in Connecticut, they're saying it, to be honest. <laughs> right. I mean, I got phone calls from Pennsylvania and I got some from some, you know, small association in North Carolina. And it just became this big thing. And it even wasn't the advisory group, um, you know, and I mean, their, their discussions are technically confidential, but I can sort of summarize what they what they expressed. It wasn't so much that they thought it was a racist term. It was that we had had consumers over the years approach, you know, us and approach them just saying, you know, it, it gave me pause. Um, we weren't in any way claiming that it, you know, was rooted in slavery or, or anything like that. The mem- the, one of the original members who brought it to us, that was how they phrased it. So they may have thought that, but just like you may think something doesn't mean that your local association thinks that or the Connecticut Association of Realtors or, or whatever. That was the one person who, one member, and then that became the association thinks this because one of our members did. And you guys are, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the second largest association after uh, one in California, or, or is that incorrect? You guys are um, a very large association. Yeah, we have 39,000 members. Um, and so we are the second largest local realtor association in the country after Miami, actually. Oh, after so Miami. Okay. They have 46 or something like that. So, so Matt, I guess the question I have is why the timing of the change now right. during everything that's going on? Yeah. I mean, again, it had come up for probably every year for the past 10 years. Do I think the the current you know environment was probably responsible for the reason it changed right now? Absolutely. I mean, I can't honestly say that's not what what spurred it on. You know, before we would get we regularly review all kinds of MLS terms. You know, and it's they're usually boring and mundane and just you know unless you were a realtor you wouldn't really care that much. Um, a realtor in our MLS, um, but suddenly people all across the country seem to care what's in our MLS. And so this was just one of those changes. And so in the past, you know, maybe a handful of people would come forward and say, Hey, can you look at this? And the advisory group would look at it. And, you know, in years past, they didn't, you know, pass it, you know, to, to make a change this year. Again, I would tend to say that it was because of the, the current environment and everything that's happened. You know, they, they said the general gist of it was, if someone's going to have a negative reaction, whether it's a real or perceived, you know, term that derived from something negative about something that should be the happiest, you know, one of the happiest, you know, occurrences when they're buying a home, which is a huge deal for, you know, most people, surely no one will be offended by primary bedroom, you know? Apparently, a lot of people were, but, but from my phone calls and my, you know, Facebook messages telling me to do all sorts of things to myself, um, you know, that were very creative. Um, but again, that was the thing that kind of was surprising was, one, the anger behind it, how much people were attached to master bedroom, you know. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not attached to any real estate terminology when it comes to showing homes. In fact, showing homes is, is my least favorite part of the job. Nicole would agree with that, right? Sure. Is that my mm-hmm. least favorite? Uh, but so I, I want to get into some, some more of the, I think, important issues at hand to yeah. me, because I, I think you're right. Um, it was blown way out of proportion. We certainly jumped on it because it was trending. And I was not 
in any way frustrated with a change from master bedroom to primary bedroom, nor do I care. What I do care about in particular is that Newsday investigation up in our neck of the woods based in Long Island. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you had a chance to look at that investigation? I have. And in fact, this coming Monday on our Facebook Live um, show at 9 a.m. every Monday, we have a Facebook Live show. We have Bill Deadman, who was one of the investigative reporters, Pulitzer Prize winner. He was on the Newsday reporting team. And so he's coming on to talk about um, the Newsday report. We also have it didn't get nearly the amount of attention that the Newsday report did. But there was a doctoral student at Rice University here who did a similar study, smaller, obviously, because it was just her putting this together, but specifically to for the Houston market. And so we're figuring out where she can come in and sort of present. Where those. could, is that accessible to the public? I don't know. Cause she was, again, it was like her, it was like her doctoral research or something like that. And so she's a professor at a different university. Um, and so we're trying to figure out again, how we could, it, it found essentially the same things that people would use sort of subtext to say, you know, oh, that neighborhood has a lot of crime or, you know, they would tell some people it had crime, some people they wouldn't. And it was very similar to the Newsday um, stuff. So. Like Nicole and I with our team, we did a couple pieces of training just focused on that Newsday investigation. You know, we wanted to take some type of action that, you know, we could actually apply to what we do every single day and bring awareness with our agents. So we have a small team here, but our agents, even though Real Trends classifies as a large team, I have a bone to pick with them, but we, we wanted to actually apply some type of learning to fair housing within our environment so that every single day we can get a little bit better. Every single day we can hopefully make a positive change in our community outside of the Monday Facebook live, which I think is awesome. What else is the Houston association of realtors doing to improve fair housing practices? Yeah. So, I mean, I think, we're obviously in an interesting situation because, you know, we have, again, the 39,000 members. We don't, you know, exert control. You have a big, have a big voice with that 39,000. Of course, of course. And so, I mean, and they listen to us to a point. Um, I mean, just like they're all independent contractors. So, I mean, even their broker can't, you know, technically tell them what to do. So, um, I mean, I think, yeah, so <laughs> for good or bad, but you know, I mean, we've for for many years, we've offered the at home with diversity um, certification, you know, to our members, we're upping that to make it available more than, than we did before. We have real estate with diversity, which is about cult- dealing with different cultures. Obviously, we're in Houston. And so we have, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of different cultures all coming together in Houston. And so we're doing that. We will have a webinar series beginning next month, you know, to talk about it. I do have to mention one more member focus Monday, sorry, Uh, just because on July 27th, we will have Richard Rothstein, who's the author of The Color of Law, um, which is, you know, if you're watching any of this, it's probably in the top three books that keeps getting mentioned as the things that, you know, one of the books you should read. So we have him coming on and talking about his findings about how large cities were segregated. You know, ours is mainly just the ability to push out information and try to educate. You know, I mean, they have to obviously be willing and, and open to it. And so, 
you know, we're hiring a diversity consultant to come in and make sure we do it right because that's not, this isn't our area. Um, and so we want to make sure that we're doing all the steps that we need to do, especially on the outreach side. So is NAR doing enough for fair housing? Um, I mean, I think as in, in response to this, they've, you know, they have this whole, you know, website with, with all of these resources and, you know, and they, they'll send in consultants and they have training and implicit bias training, which we're not incorporating theirs, but we have, we have someone coming in who's doing a staff training and, you know, we have an annual planning um, conference that plans the goals for the following year. And so we'll be incorporating that. We have our engage conference, which is for our members. And so we'll be having a diversity component to that um, as well. We'll probably have the, the woman who again, did the research um, while she was here present at that conference um, and, and probably the Newsday um, reporter as well. I'm going to de definitely check that out. I, I'd love to check that out. Uh, anything else on this topic? There's a couple more things since we have you. Matt Burris, Chief Communications Officer for Houston Association of Realtors. Again, appreciate your time. Of course. Uh, there's a couple other industry-related topics we want to get to, but anything else on the, on the fair housing on this? No, I mean, I think he's touched on all of it. I mean, it sounds like uh, you, obviously you've been doing training up until this point, it's not like you're just starting all of this now. So for people, and again, I know like what, what Byron touched on it a lot last week, like, you know, why are you changing master bedroom when there's so many other things that, that should and can be changed? But I, I guess, you know, what is important is that you have been obviously presenting things, um, but obviously now you're just sort of adding an additional layer because now it's so, it's so poignant, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously none of that has been enough. I mean, there was some suggestion right. that we were in some way celebrating or we were patting ourselves on the back for, you know, changing master bedroom. Well, it's you funny because when you and I were talking, though, too, you were even saying that a lot of people actually had more of a problem with it because it was man versus woman than, right. you know, m more so than, and we actually talked about that last week, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was welcoming the women into his, into his, you were welcoming. Well, I think most here. men, some men, I Anyway, yeah. we'll, we'll welcome women to the master bedroom. It, it, I just thought yeah. it was a very um, little, tiny, itsy, bitsy problem in the grand scheme of things. Well, but like you said at the beginning, though, it was a grab. I mean, it was yeah, such well, a great headline grab. And again, people at our open houses even here are like, oh, I can't call it a master bedroom anymore. And I'm like, what? Yeah, and, and really people that are advocating change in America want to see systemic change. They want to see things actually happen in different areas outside of renaming, you know, a master bedroom or renaming a park or, or a, you know, whatever. Uh, Matt, anything else on that before we move on? No, I mean, I think I, I think the thing that, you know, sometimes gets lost is that we 100% agree. That's the thing is, yeah. is we didn't just change that and then think that that was going to end racism, you know, as some people suggested. And, and, you know, my response, I responded on, on Twitter to, um, to somebody who said we were, you know, kind of self-congratulatory is I said, we'll celebrate the day that racism is no longer an issue in real estate. Like that's the day we'll celebrate. We're not celebrating because we changed master bedroom. That again, it's one tiny piece of everything else that we're doing, you know, to try to increase accessibility and equity um, in the market for real estate. So everybody's got to have some place to live. So, and, and as agents, we've got a lot 
of work to do because it is, I mean, we are on the front lines of some of the stuff that, you know, is happening in, in a negative way. So if you watched the last episode, you know, we talked about open houses. Should they yep. continue the Jay Thompson article in Perfect. Inman? You have a take on this. Go ahead. Yeah. So we, um, again, we have 39,000 members and so we're, you know, we're relatively large. And so we have a good amount of resources to be able to, to do things. And so obviously open houses in Texas, real estate was deemed essential. And so people could technically continue to have open houses, but there was a stay at home order. So consumers that couldn't actually go to them. So it was, a, it was a weird, you could have one, but no one could come. So, um, our technology department, which, you know, is also responsible for HR.com, you know, we have 6 million visitors every month. Which, by the way, I believe is like the best association website. I checked it out. It's very impressive, HAR.com. And I think uh, one of the numbers here, number, number one rank in the Apple store for Houston searches on real right. estate. Am I correct? correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's the second most visited local website in Houston after the Houston Chronicles website. Wow. So we beat everybody else. We're the only market where Zillow isn't number one in the country. I always hesitate to say that publicly because then I <laughs> I wait for them to drop some right. big advertising right. by and we're demolished. But it's like game um, on. <laughs> right, exactly. But I mean we've you know, we launched the website in nineteen ninety seven. And not to go back to the master bedroom discussion, but part of that was everybody can see everything that's success. I mean, that's available. Again, we have 6 million people on the website every month. So there's no hiding what's, what's on the market, you know? Um, and so the website plays a big role in that in our particular market. But for open houses specifically, we developed from the ground up, um, a virtual open house platform for our members. And so it's integrated into the MLS directly um, and on HR.com. And so that was the interesting thing was that during the stay at home orders, we removed open houses from the website just because we didn't want to promote, um, promote that during a time when there was rising, you know, a rising right. number of cases, you know, obviously we're back to that a little bit in Texas again, but we wanted to provide this virtual open house platform so that our members could continue to have access to consumers and show them. And so, I mean, to date, I think we've had nearly 12,000, you know, people viewing the virtual open houses oh. instead of in person. And so that was a big push for us. And we're, I think, about to launch um, maybe this week virtual showings, which would be on more of the buyer's agents. Um, and they can do one-on-one -on -one or one-to-many. I, so. I have a quick question, though, with your virtual yeah. open houses, because Byron and I go back and forth on this all the time because we started doing them. And we couldn't figure out if they were most effective if they were live for a duration or as someone giving the tour and then posting the video. How are you finding it to be the most effective on your site? Like, where, where are you getting the most hits like what platform well i mean so so ours is on our own i mean we created our own platforms yep. it's right. literally because of hr.com we have sort of a built-in audience and you know and is and, it live or or is it posted after the fact so both so it's live but then there's a recording after the fact okay. so i think just like on our for our facebook live show you know we may get 400 500 live viewers you know but we have thousands and thousands you know, that, and are you know, they the able to ask questions as you're walking through that live? Okay. Yes. Okay. So there's a live chat component and they have to register. So it's a lead generator, you know, because they have to include their email address or phone number. And so it's, hmm. it's helped with that as well. I want to just 
quickly move on because I have my coaching call. Tom Ferry, you're like you, Tom Ferry, the broke agent. You're like the only guest we've ever had in the room. Oh, I know. So and, in, and Jason's gonna. Or, um, yeah, he's my gonna, coach actually is gonna be mad. He he's wants. He's gonna be he very to be upset on. that we snuck you on before him. Uh, so I got a couple quick rapid fire questions here on the website. How are the leads disseminated? Because you guys are generating leads for your association members, which our association is not doing. How are your leads? disseminated to the agents? There are, um, obviously the listing agent is on every listing. So, I mean, the, generally they, and then they're delivered to the listing agent and the, the broker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So they all Another. go to the, it's all goes to the back to the agent. That's, that's awesome. I, I don't know really of any other association. Uh, are you charging any referral? Not fees? around here. Doing are you that. charging any fees? Yeah. No Nothing. fees. Wow. Nope. Just and your number one in your market above Zillow. That is very impressive. All right. I want to ask you about, well, before I do that, yes or no, should uh, public live open houses continue? And if yes, sh- should there be a, a safety layer that we're considering? So we are strongly encouraging our members to do virtual. <laughs> Obviously, we built a whole platform around it. If, you know, I mean, if the client is saying that they want to, and I mean, right now there's nothing prohibiting them from having, you know, in-person open houses. Obviously, we're including all of, you know, the governor for Texas, you know, continually says, um, you know, wear masks. He finally did a near statewide mask order, you know, earlier, um, a little bit ago. And so wear masks, wash your hands, social distance, no groups of larger than 10 people. So a lot of our brokers have rules in place that the people have to stay in their cars outside and they'll only allow one, you know, car worth or whatever in, you know, in at a time and they're, you know, sanitizing everything. And, you know, one lesson we did learn is don't spray bleach onto the, um, the door handle because anywhere, please. Sure. We've had some reports of damaged, you know, expensive door handles that have been lost their luster, but yeah. Yeah. Ble- bleach is getting unnecessary. All right. Last question. I buyers, Brad Inman said in his predictions for 2020, it would make up 50% of the market. I don't think that's going to happen in 2020. Do you see a day where I buyers do make up 50% of all transactions in North America. So, and this is just my personal view. So not because all of the iBuying companies are members of our association. And so, (laughs) you know, so we love them all equally. It's just a different business model. Um, You know, I mean, there are specific instances where iBuying makes sense. You know, I mean, if, if, um, you know, it's sort of the, the four D's, you know, situation. So it's, you know, I forget what they are. Diapers, death, diamonds, and, I don't remember the other one. Divorce, um, I think is the, the 40. So in an instance where, you know, you may, you know, not be as price sensitive to what you get, then, you know, it's it's good for some people. I mean, I've had friends who, who've done it and it's gone well. I've had friends who've, you know, asked for quotes, you know, and they were ridiculously low. And so they weren't going to do it. I think iBuying has a place in the market, you know, as long as consumers say it does we're all driven by consumer demand. And so as long as they're, you know, interested in it, then it'll be, do I think 50%, that seems really high. <laughs> so not to, not to poo poo Brad Inman, but um, I don't know that, that, that we would get there. So, I mean, I think even, you know, 15% is 15 or 20% would be great for them. So, you know, and just uh, before we wrap up, because you guys have 
proven it. You're the only market that is number one ahead of Zillow for home searches over the next, like, is it over? Has Zillow won or can other markets do what you've done and take that number one seat for online traffic away from Zillow? I mean, I think I, if I'm being honest, the reason why we're number one is because we started in 1997. So, I mean, we had a, we had a head start, you know, and so we already had the goodwill. Well, we you're still had doing like Facebook live though. Like you're, you're doing things to keep yourself like above, you know, like Facebook live isn't from 1997. That's for sure. So. Right. No, you're of course. Certainly still in front of your consumer enough where they're choosing you over Zillow. Yeah. I mean, that's half of my job, you know, is, is external um, communications. And so of course we're still marketing it and, you know, we're still doing the best we can. And, you know, again, we're every once in a while I pull out, we're, you know, the poor little nonprofit trade association thing. But so, I mean, we strike all kinds of trade deals and um, I stretch our budgeting dollar to the, till it wants to snap, but but yeah, so I mean, we're continuing to obviously market ourselves and, and all that. Zillow does national buys. They don't typically do buys in our markets. We get reports about who um, comes in and buys um, advertising space and billboards and all of that. And so they haven't tended to do that specifically for Houston. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I think we're, we had the, the lead. I don't know that other people could replicate it at this point. That's the thing is we get calls all the time from people saying we want to build an HR.com. And my response is always start from the get go, not expecting to build an HR.com. Like it's just, you can't go back in history. So. And then um, talk to me in 23 years, you've been at it for 23 years. I think that's what Zillow has over everybody is they've built brand now for a long time, longer than people realize. Yeah. People still seem to act like they're like this new entrant in the market and they've been around for quite a while now. I mean, they're, they're just kind of part of it at this point. So, I mean, and we have a great relationship with Zillow, you know, if our brokers want it, you know, we syndicate their listings to, to Zillow. We facilitate it for the broker. We do not decide for the broker because we get a lot of that from our members saying, why are you sending our listings to Zillow? And we're like, because your broker, <laughs> your broker wants, wants them there. Um, if you don't want them there, tell us and we'll turn them off. But, you know, again, it's all driven by consumers. So as long as consumers, you know, want that, then and that, they'll be right. And that's what Zillow's always understood. It's certainly as of late, and it's why Rich Barton is the number one most powerful person in real estate, according to Swanapol 200. All right. Matt, really appreciate your time. I'm I think glad you we've, called us. Yeah, I'm really glad you reached out. I think we've cleared the air. You guys are doing much more than just making a change to, to bedroom names or whatever. I'm Can looking for John Legend. I will. I I'm not only not only will I let John we'll Legend let his wife know, know too. Yeah, sure. I will <laughs> I will be tuning in to some of these uh Monday Facebook lives that you have set up and I'll tweet it at John Legend, whether he sees it or not, I'll do my part. All right. We, we tweeted him and invited him on the show. We were like, help us fix the problem. Come on. So fun. And he said no or you never he hasn't, responded. He hasn't responded, but you know. But I think I read a tweet he did, and I think he was still talking about it on another show. I haven't gone back to listen to it, but there was some reference to it. So I think and, he's still talking about the issue. So I'm like, come on and help us. And, you know. and in his defense, I think you guys are doing all the right things. And again, so I appreciate what you're doing for the industry. I think in John's defense, he's seeing so many big corporations 
just make a headline splash on something similar to changing a master bedroom, whatever it is in their world and not actually taking action. You guys are taking action. We appreciate that. And Matt, thank you for your time. Of course. Thank both of you. Thank right. you. Keep Thank you for answering the calls when I called you. Oh, of yes. course. <laughs> Be well and keep it real. Thank you, Matt.